There is one God and one Lord. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 today. The focus of our study today will be chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. And it is in this part of the chapter that Paul begins to specifically address the focal point of the chapter, which is the topic of food sacrificed to idols. And so as we prepare to get into the word, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, as we come before you to take a little time out of our day to study your word, that your word has stood the test of time. The Bible has um, been faithfully present uh, for believers over the generations and it has stood the test of time regardless of those who would seek to defeat it, regardless of those who would seek to disprove it, regardless of those who hate it, regardless of those who would call people to distrust its claims. The Bible has stood the test of time and we give you thanks, Lord God, because we know the Bible has stood the test of time because the Bible is true. It's your teaching for your people. It's daily bread for our spirit. And we know, Lord God, that as your word gets into us and we get into your word, it has the power by way of your Holy Spirit at work in and through it to transform our lives. And we give you thanks. Grow us up to be mature believers as we walk closely with your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, First uh, Corinthians chapter eight, verses four through six. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no god but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many small g gods and many small l lords. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Now as I read these words, and maybe as you hear them, uh, you can hear echoes of things that Paul has said before or would say in the future as he's writing these things to the believers in Corinth. Now, it's important when we read uh, Paul's letters to understand or to at least go back to the reason for the writing of the letter. And we know, and we've said many times in this study, that the reason Paul wrote to the Corinthian church was that he had some issues there that he needed to correct. He was helping this group of new believers, these converts to Christianity, learn what it meant to live as followers of Christ after having converted from belief systems where they worshipped many idol gods and did many things that would not be consistent uh, with biblical teaching for them to carry on uh, as followers of Jesus. And so there were things Paul uh, needed them to leave behind as they made the transition toward faith in Christ. And this is one of those issues, uh, the topic of food sacrifice to idols that Paul felt the need to address. Now the question must have been um, brought forth that people wondered if it was okay for them to eat food that had been sacrificed at the altar of an idol god. And Paul makes it clear in what he says here today that there's no issue with that because an idol god is nothing at all in the world. In other words, 
those false gods have no power. And so <laughs> don't, don't let good food go to waste because it was uh, cooked on the altar to an idol god. Um, Paul makes a strong defense of historic uh, Judeo-Christian views about uh, God and the belief that um, Christians embrace about who God is. Uh, And you'll hear echoes of the Shema and what he says in verse 4. He says, uh, now addressing this issue of food being sacrificed to idols, we know an idol Uh, is nothing at all in the world, and there is no God but one. Um, And so that harkens back to the Shema from the Old Testament. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And so we have one God that's rooted in the historic Judeo-Christian faith. Um, The Jewish faith believed in one God, and we Christians believe that there is only one God, Uh, Paul says, even if people make the claim that there are other gods, and there's a pantheon of gods that people believe in in this world, and there are a pantheon of small L lords that would like to win our devotion and attention, Uh, but there is one God and there is one Lord. Uh, Paul says, this God is Father and He's Creator and He provides all that we need for this life. He's our sustainer. Um, and there's one Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus made uh, sacrifice for our sins. He was the atoning sacrifice. He was the one who secured our freedom and salvation. And he alone is Lord. Caesar can make his claim and others can make their claim, but Christ alone is Lord through whom all things came. And Christ was the uh, present at the creation was, as John 1 says, Uh, the Logos of God, the Word through whom the world came into being. And then Paul continues and says, it's through Jesus that we live also. So we live because of God's sustaining power, and we live because of the life-giving power of Jesus. And all of these things, at least in my mind, send echoes of things that Paul has taught before. You remember in Acts chapter 17 when Paul is taking on the philosophers of the day and he says, I want to introduce you to the unknown God that you even have an altar to, a monument to. This God is Jesus Christ, Lord of heaven and earth, and it's in him that we live and move and have our being. (laughs) And then uh, we also know from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Paul's Uh, sharing there that we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And and so I hear echoes of Paul uh, in other places in the scriptures when I read these words. But really, the, the point that he makes strongly is, hey, don't worry about eating foods that have been sacrificed on the altar of an idol god, because idols are nothing. We worship the one true God. He is our sustainer and life giver. He won our freedom and salvation at the cross. And this God has our devotion and attention. Uh, So don't worry about idol gods. They're made up. They have no power and they're no competition for the one true God, maker of heaven and earth, who won our salvation at the cross. All right, my friends, I love these words and I'm challenged by them. And uh, I think one thing that sticks out for me is that when we read Paul, we read someone 
who is uh, a powerful apologist. Um, he's, he makes brilliant arguments for the faith, and I think we could learn much by spending time in Paul's letters, learning how to take a stand for our faith in a more public way. I think often we're tempted to shrink back and to shrivel up when opportunities present to defend Jesus or to defend the faith. And Paul reminds us uh, that we have all the ammunition we need to take a stand with uh, the Word of God. And Paul's teaching is so clear, and I'm, and I'm challenged by it. Um, maybe this week you'll find that you have some opportunities to take a stand for Jesus. I pray that you do. And I pray that you trust the Holy Spirit in you to bring to recall the words that you'll need in those moments to make a defense of the faith and to present faith in such a way that people would would find your presentation winsome and they would see and hear the living Christ in and through the words that you share. All right, my friends, let's go be about the Father's business today. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to study, and I pray that God would bless you as you continue to consider these words.